Randy Green here and another podcast where I'm sharing some thought processes on the activation and awakening process. I've been working with this since I began my first classes in 2007, where I literally held physical classes where I was having a a board and showing different types of uh, graphics and ideas and teaching people what the activation process was all about. But that was, of course, uh, in the 2000s. And we are now somewhere completely different where we have learned more. We have hopefully progressed out of some of the older ideas of what it means to activate, as well as worked our way through some of the older teaching systems and for some of us developing into newer forms of teaching systems and at the same time also pondering upon what does this really mean? What does this really do to us? What does it do for us? And should we continue since the world just look as it normally does? Everything is just business as usual. And there are many different psychodynamics behind why we choose to go into an activation process for some or awakening process more accurately because the activation process is something that technically happens with us without us really asking for it. Whereas the awakening process is more, in my opinion, uh, something that you embark on because there is an emotional discontent with the world as it is now. And then you're trying to find answers and begin the existential, philosophical, psychodynamic process of exploring, okay, are there different ways of being human? Are there different ways of of perceiving reality? And are there different ways of being here on this planet altogether? And what's the meaning? What's the purpose? And what am I even doing here? All of the good existential questions. And then, of course, uh, looking into the different teaching systems and having this whole, whoa, this is so fantastic, just after some, for those of us who've been serious about it, to discover later down the line that the big changes, they only happen when we instigate on them and when we begin to do something that actually change our physical life. So we begin to learn the dichotomy between theory and practice. And I think that's the first very important le- uh, lesson in the awakening process. The way to understand that something is thought on, upon, something is explored in our minds, and something is studied, and something is part of what we could say an exploration journey of grasping and boggling with information systems that teaches us about different aspects of reality. And that we are supposed to expand our mindset. At least that's how I see it. Then there is the other practicality to it. How much can be put into reality? How much can be seeded in, so to speak, and then blossom and turn into something that actually changes the physical reality as we know of it? And that's where we learn, okay, it's a little bit more difficult than we probably anticipated. And let me give an example of when back when I was in corporate business and I was in human resource management and in that understanding concepts of these ideas of, okay, we're sending the co-workers on different courses to teach them you and then they come back and then they're full of all these good new ideas. 
But the rest of the group, the rest of the team was not sent on this course. So they don't, didn't really know what to, what was, what was going on and what the idea was. And the ones that went to the course, they understood things in a specific way, sometimes not always the same way. And even though they were trying as a little group to teach the rest of the group what this was about, well, then they discovered, oh, you saw it that way. I saw it that way. What, which one is the right way? And then they began to doubt themselves. And then the group began to doubt their knowledge and before we knew it, it all just fizzled out. Or the other typical one where there's resistance to change, the resistance to the new level of information so that the ones that went on the course when they came back, well, they were met by a wall and by that just said, okay, this does not lead to any change. So when we talk about changes within uh, society and within groups of humans, we have the ones that comes with the new ideas, the pioneers, and they always talk about it could be done this or that or whatever way. And then we have the rest of the group, the rest of the team that are a little bit more reluctant in embarking on these ideas and perhaps need a little bit longer time. Or they are doing like the Missouri, the show me state, show me and I will then take it into account. Of course, we have that uh, in many different teaching systems. And those who begin on the spiritual journey, they experience it over and over and over again. The questioning and the whole doubt regarding the new level of information that they are trying to uh, share with others because they really want to share. That's a human trait. We really want to share what we learn whatever the reasons are, either because we want to be acknowledged and seen and heard, or because we really think this is a good idea, or because we feel that that actually would change something, or we learn that what we say actually does have some kind of process to it that others can grow from. That's my standpoint. Um, as well as, well, sometimes these ideas, they just need to be verbalized. They just need to be put out there. And that's where the personal discernment comes in, thinking through, is this something I really want to share? Is this something I really want to say? And is this something that really should be said? Or is it just something I should uh, evaporate and let go of because it's not conducive for the world? It's a specific type of energy that the world is in no need of. So we kind of in that way go in and weigh what is it that is important? What is it that we want to make grow inside this world? What is it that we want to amplify? And that's for me part of the awakening process, the discernment, all about the discernment. So we investigate first in the awakening process because it begins there. It begins with the awakening. It begins with the understanding that the world is perhaps not what we anticipated it to be. And in a way, we already begin that awakening process as we grow up, just in our, from childhood into adolescent, into maturity, hopefully, uh, the way we perceive reality, the way we perceive our parents, the way we perceive our partners, all of these little glimpses of, aha, perhaps my ideas of the world is not actually as the world truly is. And then it becomes up to us to say, okay, what is the world then? What what does it really mean to see the world as it truly is? And that's a very good question. And with that process, we also recognize, okay, what is what kind of modalities or faculties 
do we utilize when we perceive the world? We have our eyes, we have our ears, and we have the brain. And how does the brain process this information? That's the scientific investigation where we go in and say, okay, science knows so-and-so, uh, but when we meditate and when we use what we call inner work practices, we discover that there's a lot science doesn't know. They know the physical aspect of it and what they can measure with machines, but they don't know the consciousness aspect of it, what really happens when you go in and you work with your energetic level of your physicality. And that's where it typically spills into what science calls spiritual teaching systems or spiritual approach. And most of these systems has unfortunately, in my opinion, been infused with some kind of worship, some kind of dependency on some kind of source or creator or God or something else. Because uh, today, everybody talks about returning to source. For me, that's just a rewriting of returning to the heavens that the Christians talked about where God would be and where those who went there in the heavenly Jerusalem would be part of the new divine um, civilization. So for me, it's just a matter of twisting the words a little bit, but the foundational concept is the same. The other uh, concept that goes with that is that it's rooted in pain. And, you know, I'm a psychotherapist. And uh, aside from just being a licensed psychotherapist, I'm also within existential psychotherapy. So that goes with meaning and purpose of existence. Hence, why I took the bachelor degree in theology to work with world religions, which I didn't done on my own, but here on the University of Copenhagen, looking into the cultural background, the history, the church history, the, the history that the surroundings of the time of when the Bible was created and the Gospels were created and all of these scientific approaches to what we look into and what we know. And yes, science is consensus-based upon what the majority agree is the way we interpret history. That is the way we interpret the history and that becomes the paradigm, which is not always the accurate one, which they have been more um, open to discover as reality changes around us compared to 200 years ago where what science said was the truth. Today we know what science says are theory, work theories, where we work with now so that we can progress into deeper and more explorative understandings of what reality actually is. But even though we have changed our mindset, unfortunately, now it's done by machines and machines are coded by humans and their preconcepts of what reality is and by that one limiting ourselves. Whereas we could say, well, if we explore it via our consciousness, well, then we should be able to explore it more uh, unlimited and more broadly, and that's why those of us who've done that in our awakening process discover that we met limitations in reality as it is to paradigms, belief systems, and comfort zones. And when we go on the inner sides, we come up against our own boundaries and limitations. And that is the neural network that is not working in a conducive way, which needs to be changed and amplified to process higher levels of energy. Our concepts and beliefs of reality comes in the way because they are downsizing our ability to reach the expanded perception of reality, meaning the brain wants to, it takes energy and it creates energy into patterns it can recognize and then it link it up to the already existing understood patterns that are being utilized over and over again in the neural network, meaning that information that the brain cannot find 
any pattern to or coherent information system that ampli- that's amplifying it in a way that the brain has told that this is the way I'm supposed to work. Well, then it would prune it out and say it's junk. It will say it's no longer something that I need to put my attention to. And it will literally rationalize its amounts of energy because the neural network, the neurons are what we could say confined within a specific frequency spectrum and they cannot exceed that, which means that the energy of the body, the energy of the brain always goes into a kind of process that goes with resource allocation, what is most important now, what needs the most energy, and the brain is part of that process. That's also why when we talk about reaching the higher potentials of the brain, we sit in meditation and silent position and teach our body it's okay to to go into theta state without falling asleep. And there we can reach the, the more we can reallocate the energies of the body into the brain and begin to expand into the mind field. And that, of course, demands that we have looked into the boundaries and the self-imposed restrictions we have of why we don't want to float out into some of the other levels of our consciousness potentials. And that goes typically with concepts of fear, uh, different forms of trauma, either from this life or past lives, or inbuilt technology that prevents us from accessing the truer levels and the higher levels of our awareness potentials. And that's where things begin to get a little bit more murky, because who can breach these barriers? Who can go beyond these? Some have the capacity for it naturally, as the esoteric tells us, because people have done it in previous lifetimes. So it's just a kind of a pickup of something we already learned in previous lives. And I'm one of these kind of people that have done it in many prior, prior lifetimes. Hence, I was almost bo- born with a slight opening, which uh, at the time didn't feel particularly nice. But also the ones that are in this time and age have typically been put into different projects within humanity. Whether they actually were it <clears throat> back when they were born or it came to be so later due to the different types of time travel and different types of inserts and different types of replication dynamics of timelines and merging of timelines, blending into our original timelines and altering as it happened with the event program. So we don't really know today. Some of our, when we go back and look at our childhood memories, we don't really know today if they actually were ours or as a kind of a replicated blended version that merges in with another aspect of us to link us up to a specific timeline they want implemented into the current version of who we are so that a future timeline can unfold from that merging of the artificial timeline with our current timeline that is not the actual timeline the first run through that we actually had when we were born so today the work with the inner planes and the consciousness expansion is much more complicated and that's why we need to know the sciences and the technologies of the different groups that are here because they are messing around with our collective consciousness field including our individual collective or the individual field that is part of the collective as Carl Gustav Jung taught us that we have the individual psyche that goes into the subconscious that goes into the collective of the human constitution and what it means to be human on this planet. So the awakening process is a study self-learning process where we go into different processes that are both psychological, emotional, and they are psychological, mental, that goes into our emotional patterns and our different types of energetic accumulation that are based upon different aspects 
of our experiences that are either joyful or painful and learn how to deal with that. And other aspects of the awakening process is part to mentalization and the way we create narratives and ideas and belief systems that defines the world as we know of it. And if we discover that these narratives are not conducive for the expanded investigation of reality, then it's up to us to break them down and alter them and change them and and put on a new frame of reference from where we can interpret new types of energies and different aspects of what the world is. Similar with the emotional energies, they're electrochemical in nature. They do different things with our body. And it's up to us to learn to interpret that that type of emotion is connected to that type of ideas that gives us that understanding of what pain is or what happiness is or what joy is or what desire is and all of these different aspects of what it means to be in a physical form. These are aspects of what we could call the first steps in the quote-unquote spiritual work, which I would rather call the first steps in the true understanding of being an energetic being. When we learn in the awakening process what it means to be an energetic being, the challenge for most is not to link that up to some kind of divine principle, but say that there are aspects of us that goes on different energy bands and different energy frequencies in the physical realm. When we begin to talk about the higher order energies that are more subtle, they work with vibration and not frequencies. Frequencies are electromagnetic in nature based upon particle and wave patterns that orchestras our biofield and our physical uh, constitution behind the molecules and the reality that we are part of. But beyond that, we have different aspects of reality, and that's where the higher order sciences come in, understanding there are lower order sciences, which science know, you can study that on the internet, and there are the higher order sciences that you can only study when you go within and begin to explore reality as it truly is, learning to break down some of the limitations and some of the barriers that you have in your mind and in your emotional field due to different crystallized types of patterns. We're here talking about forces of energy that goes with specific type of dynamics of either being transformational, that's fire, or being kind of stirring things up to the surface, that's kind of air, uh, from where you can see it and learn with it and amplify it like a storm that will suddenly gain in power when you put more and more energy into it, then it will become something that can literally, I will huff and puff and break down the house, unless it's a brick wall, of course. And then you have water that's kind of fluid, the liquid, the changeability, the ability to be in changeability, but also at the same time being able to amplify it via light coating. Water can do a lot of very interesting things, which where fire is kind of limited into transformational processes, either turning into dust or into a greater fire that will then light up other levels of reality. And air will amplify and can be destructive. And it can also, again, what we could say, stir up different uh, types of mental energies that for a while will seem very important, but they will fizzle out the moment the momentum is gone. Water is more consistent and so is earth. That is the crystallization. Earth crystallization can be good for a short period of time when we work with specific idea. It's good that it's there and it has a, a solid foundation. But once we're done with it, we need to tear it down, dustify it and see it transformed into something that is no longer the foundation of who and what we 
we are. And in that period of time, we're in the middle of the unknown until the patterns of change and the forces have consolidated themselves again and begin to create the accretive uh, whirlwind and spiral dynamics of energy and consciousness where we climb up the ladder of our higher consciousness potentials. And that's the activation process. So the, the step stone or the step ladder process, not the step stone, the step ladder process in this is of course to create the foundation that both is transformative ability of fluidity being uh, also able to be amplified and uh, what you call it subside into uh, the calm weather, not a storm, but a, a calm weather and some for a period of time being solid and crystalline, crystalline uh, in a manner that it is workable to stand on as a good foundation, but also knowing due to the forces of energy and the energy units and the holographic potentials of things that everything that crystallizes to a specific degree will go into entropy and chaos and by that no longer be a solid foundation. The box we will be standing on will wither and cease to exist due to these laws of entropy and go into decay and we will fall to the ground and have to begin all over again. So why prompt ourselves up on boxes and belief systems and invest and, and instead and begin to investigate reality as it is with these dynamics and these processes and how we can operate with the different structural layers of the neural network and the different processes of energy that the psyche gives us as a foundation. I talk about that in the transition science courses where I go into details with how to work with the psychic energy, the psychic processes and how to keep the psychic energetic balance as well as with the advanced work with the emotional field and going into other aspects of what it means to be human in the advanced work with nutrition and the advanced work with the rotundum and the energies of our environment and our planet and then ending up in a transformative energy system and how we learn to be in these transformative processes and what the purpose are of these transformative processes. For me, as I see it, the awakening process is the first very, very long complex process for most. And many are asking, why don't I see things? Why don't I have the higher order senses activated? What is it that I need to do? And first and foremost, of course, it is due to the barriers, the different kind of blockages we have emotionally and mentally to the work, to the inner work, as well as our perhaps more funded left wing or left brain uh, orientation as well as the right brain orientation. Some are more visual per nature, seeing things more via the right uh, hemisphere where we could say the, the ability to process information in a kind of image or as a kind of a full-blown, what we call um, energetic, pixelated, system of energies that for us are interpreted as an image, whereas the left uh, side is more since we have the, the broken area, the sound and language is more oriented towards what we call the auditive processes of information. So some are processes information more via the visual, the eyes, which then goes into what we call inner visual content, more seen in clairvoyant abilities, whereas others are more auditive and by that are hearing it more as a higher type of pitch, a higher type of tone. Sometimes we have all of it and others are seeing reality 
reality in a different way because energy has sound to it as well. So some are literally to decipher the deeper levels of reality via sound. I talk about that in the course on the whole approach to the higher order senses where I talk about some of these aspects. It's part of my books as well where I touch ground with it a little bit. There are, of course, the full spectrum people that have all of it, including me. And we could say the approach to sound and the way to decipher energy and sound is part of the telepathic abilities, as well as the way to process information through uh, visual content is more due to the downloads and the complex code patterns that we all to learn to see without really seeing them. And then, of course, the, one of the aspects of sensing, where we learn to first use our body to sense and feel the tactile on the skin sensations, the fingertips, the healing abilities, how to read with our hands, how to read with our senses, and that's tied to our central nervous system, peripheral nervous system, that are tied into mostly uh, our belief systems and um, uh, emotional patterns and processual and structural ideas of what we can and cannot do. If we think, I can't do this, well, then we'll code ourselves to say, I can't do this. But if we say, I can, I just need to figure out how, let me investigate how I can do this, then we begin the process of learning how to do this. Because in many situations, it's about learning a skill set on a more subtle type of energy and not something that suddenly breaks through and then we are clairvoyant and auditive and visually higher sensual uh, human beings that from one day to another get these abilities to do this and that. Some has talked about these breakthroughs, but quite a lot of them are, as I said, have either done in previous lifetimes or part of different projects under the Atlantean timeline. So it doesn't really count since some of it is induced artificially due to the activation of uh, different types of genetic structures that are tied to different types of timelines that are connected to different types of fifth dimensional technology. So the process for those of us who are doing is to understand and the steps of the awakening process as well as the work that it takes, including patience, including training, including the daily constant work with our subtle energy system and activating this inside our lesser subtle type of energetic processes of our emotional field, mental field and biofield. We need to train to be able to do this. It doesn't come on its own. It doesn't come from one day to another. It comes like little glimpses. And like the infants that smile to the mother for the first time, if she doesn't, if she does not smile back, the child will not repeat that little feature until perhaps weeks or months later, where the mother then will see it and then reciprocate in a smile back with the child learns, this feels good, I will do this, or this does not feel good, so I won't do this. This is how we learn, and including when we talk about the high order senses. Some of it will make us feel good, some of us will some of it will make it us feel less good. And that is also a journey to learn to be in both and investigate them with a neutral standpoint of balanced approach to what is it that needs to be transformed here, 
Does it feel unpleasant because it's crystallized and needs to be let go of? Or does it feel unpleasant because it's not really mine and it creates distortion? Why does it feel unpleasant? And what is the mechanics and the dynamics and the techniques I need to apply here so that I can transform it? Not because we want to feel good, but because we want to transform the unpleasantness because it's a sign of something that is out of whack, that is not in harmony with who and what we are, and that's why it feels unpleasant. So the transformation is to achieve harmony, and that does not necessarily make us happy. Harmony means that our energy system and our subtle energies are working in coherent uh, streamlined processes with the reality as it truly is and what the world demands of us to come in harmony with the energetic aspects of the world and the energetic aspects of what we are. I teach about that in the transition sciences as well as in the template science course material, how we get into harmony with the world as it is through the principles and rules and laws. And these are not religious in any ways or forms. These are founded and funded upon the ideas of energetic transformational processes that creates a higher viability rate, a higher purity rate from where more of our original energy system can begin to unfold its consciousness, its consciousness potentials into our human brain and the three lower fields that we are made of. And by that, truly begin our activation process. From there, once we have learned the dynamics, mechanics, and techniques of how to alter energy and transform energy in our energy fields, as well as in the different layers of our energy fields, then the consciousness can come in and that's the activation. And that is up to us how we do this. Yes, others can do it for us for a short period of time, but if our energy fields are not grasping onto this activation potentials and as well as working with it, then these activation, activation potentials, sorry about that, will fizzle out because they have no soil to uh, get rooted in. They have no energy field from where they can grow. And that's where we as the infant that smiles the first time must grasp onto reality and whether reality responds to it or not, we know it's important. That smile is important because that creates a bridge, that creates <clears throat> kind interaction potentials, that creates an opening from where reality and we can begin to get back into harmony and work together. So we are to, even though reality might not recognize us to begin with, our process in all of this is to make sure that we will constantly smile in our work for whatever we're doing, creating that opening, which a smile is an invitation for interaction, whatever that means. So we, in our energy work, creates the environment by ourselves that, in a way, not what we could say, give consent to things that is unpleasant, we don't want there. But we are in the understanding that whatever comes our way is something that we can transform, that we can change, that we can amplify, that we can take out of its crystallized state and make it fluid again so that we can progress and the world can progress and the energy units we are made of can progress as well. So for me, that's the most important part of the awakening process, much, much more important than what type of information that we are dealing with, because information is just energy that can either amplify our transformational processes or 
create what we call rabbit holes where we get lost in the maze of information that is not conducive for the clearing of our energy work into more and more subtle layers from where our true consciousness and true knowledge can descend, where we become the grail of the higher order types of information. So in a way, we could also say the body and the three lower fields are what is to be made into the grail from where the true consciousness can descend and from where begin to develop the processes of what it truly means to be a human being inside this reality as an advanced civilization. And even though there are so much more I can say to this, for now, I think that's what I want to put in here as a little uh, extra information layers in the activation an awakening podcast series. Again, I can only recommend do the whole academy study material. It's online material and you could do it on your own whenever you feel like it. And of course, we are working in different paces and in different modalities and in different ways. But this is my um, little extra giving in here in the process for the collective field of humanity so that more can get engaged in how to do this for the first of many as the highest good of the many. Thank you.